You do the Thanks, same. Arch. There he goes. The great hardball Harge. And here we go. The decently great Trey and BK midday program right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. It is Thursday, September 21st, 2023. We've got a loaded show to bring y'all today. Plenty of college football conversation. We'll start to preview some of the big matchups that we have this weekend. This is one of the biggest college football weekends we have had in years. We'll start to talk about some of those games. We'll also talk plenty of Texas and Baylor as well. Uh, we're hopeful that David Smoke, who does sports radio in Waco, is going to join us at some point today. We know he's on the golf course right now, so if we can uh, get him off the 19th hole, hopefully we'll get the chance to talk to him before this hour is done. Smokey is great people, and he has already texted me to assure me that he will be ready to go by 1230. So fingers crossed that he doesn't get caught up in Waco traffic. That is truly one of the worst places on the planet to get stuck in traffic. And we've all been there on I-35. Now, they have all that construction done, so it's less so, thank goodness. But yeah. even still, Waco will trip you up at times, and it's never something that you're happy about. Dude, I have not made that drive in a long time, right? The last couple of years, I've lived in Houston. So oh, if yeah. I ever had to go to Dallas, I would just drive up 45. Obviously, to get from Houston to Austin and back, you don't have to deal with 35. So I guess, uh, what, Texas OU here in a few weeks will be the first time in like three years I've had to make that trip from Austin to Dallas up by 35. Well, that trip especially. When are you planning on going up for that, by the way? After our show on Friday? No, 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 no. We're uh, we might be doing shows there on Friday. So oh, nice. We're working on that, but the hope is that maybe after our show on Thursday is when I'll make the drive up, so I won't have to deal with everybody who is uh, coming from Austin to Dallas on that Friday because that gets out of control. Yeah, that's what I was just going to suggest, and I won't ask too many details about possible Friday show locations just yet. That's something that. It's not for these people's ears, BK, but I'll be curious to hear where that might be on Friday. I always, always love, not just going up there, obviously, I've made that well known over the years, but I love doing broadcast in Dallas that weekend. Not just the Saturday, it's obviously special being out at the fairgrounds, but to get to do the Friday shows too and being someplace where Longhorn fans are gradually showing up more and more, you get the occasional Sooners fan too. Uh, truly, if a, a Christmas exists for me at this point in my life, it is Texas OU weekend. Yeah, I can't wait. Haven't gone the last couple of years. And of course, I missed last year's game. Goodness gracious. Like, out of all the games to miss between these two teams. I think I've told you my my Texas OU dream, right? The game to happen at 7 o'clock at night? Okay, I guess I have two Texas OU dreams then. That's one of them. Make it a night game. I want to see death out there. You want to ensure that Texas OU is the best rivalry in college sports? People have to die. Simple as that. Wow. Yep. But that's not what I was talking about. My goal slash dream for the Red River shootout is in a year where I know Texas is going to win, to go sit in the OU section and just talk shit non Stop. And last year would have been the perfect year to do that, right? 49 to nothing. I would have gotten my ass beat in the first quarter and I wouldn't have cared. It would have been glorious. That was the perfect year to go. And I didn't go. And I'm mad at myself. 
And I really should have bought a last-minute ticket once I found out that Dylan Gabriel wasn't going to play because that eliminated any chance Oklahoma had of even making that interesting. Yep. Like, oh, man, one of these years I'm going to do it. I will go sit wearing burnt orange, too. I'm not going to wear that god-awful crimson or even wear white to try to act neutral. I'm going to wear a Longhorn shirt in the OU stands on that side of midfield and just be merciless like Whitney for all four quarters. I have been to that game in person more than 30 times in my life, and I've only sat in the OU section once, and it wasn't even a full game thing. It was 2020, so the COVID year, where all stadiums were only a quarter capacity. That included the Cotton Bowl that day. It was strange. Some of the better seats that I've sat in to begin with, but we literally switched sections. We just found like an empty patch on the 50-yard line on the other side and went and sat there for the second half. And that was that game that went two or three overtimes that the Sooners ultimately won, unfortunately. But the stands were so empty, dude. I was going, I was walking goal line to goal line in between possessions when they were switching side of the field Mm. and was in the OU section when the Sooners ultimately won that game, unfortunately. So it is a very docile version of what you want to do. And I certainly wasn't talking trash because I'm not looking to get into a brawl with a bunch of hillbillies. But when you choose to do do that, I would like to be somewhere in the vicinity. I don't want to claim that I know you in that situation necessarily, but I will be Facebook living that. (laughs) I'm going to take out a life insurance policy before that game starts for sure. Make sure I tell everyone I love them before uh, kickoff. Can I ask you a question real quick? Because you mentioned not taking 35 in a couple of years. And by the way, 35 is much more drivable now because they finally finished that 10-year construction project in Waco. Still a little bit of construction north of Hillsboro, but it's not nearly as disruptive as it's been through Temple and Waco and Waxahachie and so many other places over both of our lifetimes. So enjoy that. I used to take 45 all the time between Dallas and Houston. Growing up in Dallas, but having a bunch of family in Houston, that is a route I literally have not taken in, God, maybe 25 to 30 years at this point. Mm. What is the 45 trek like from Houston to Dallas? Because I know you made that one more than once. Easy. Yeah? Very easy. I mean, there, there are a couple of spots where it's down to two lanes where things can get a little dicey when Willie Fritz is around. But usually... Smooth sailing, man. Like so much more enjoyable than the uh, 35 trip. Even though it's a longer drive without traffic to go from Houston to Dallas than Austin to Dallas, like usually the the 35 traffic, at least in the past, has made it to where it's it's been significantly worse than having to go H-Town to D-Town. Do they have anything close to like a health camp in Waco, which is the halfway point between Austin and Dallas, obviously, to stop at and centerville or madisonville anything yeah centerville's got this place called woody smokehouse that Hmm. god went to a million times growing up and i think my sisters and i just hate the place because that was like our road trip stop when we were going from dallas to houston to see the rest of the family and i didn't hate it that much but my sisters like they, they sell beef jerky that's their big thing and just barbecue like that's their bit smokehouse makes sense i like that stuff my sisters hated that shit Hmm. It was just like they, oh my God, they despise it. But that's, I mean, Centerville is pretty much the halfway point. It's uh, aptly named. 
And then thankfully Bucky's has come around in recent years. That's that's become the stop. There's like two or three Bucky's on the uh on the route from Houston to Dallas. So gotta do that. Uh, this um, what I'm about to say is a sacrilege is me suggesting that we need to abolish the cannon from DKR, but I'm gonna say it anyhow. I've been to one Bucky's in my life. You guys have fucking overrated that place so much over the last 10 to 15 years. Mute yourself. You titanic that gas station. It's a glorified gas station. I realize it's like a gas station and a Walmart had a baby. Yeah, what did did you think it was? I I don't know. Based on what everybody was telling me, I thought they were going to drape you in a robe and give you a scepter and a crown when you walk through there and have your (laughs) stick of beef jerky. Now, that's on you for mishearing things. It's just the greatest gas station convenience store combo of all time behind 7-Eleven. That's a very low bar there, and I don't know how much it actually cleared that bar. What about the bathrooms? You ever use the bathrooms? Those are clean. The bathroom that I used wasn't even that immaculate. Like, even the beef jerky wall. People are like, beef jerky wall. Yeah, there's a lot of beef jerky, but it doesn't quite have the variety that you would expect based on how much people talk about that fucking beef jerky wall. Yeah, the beef jerky wall is a little overhyped. I will give you that one. Thank but you. Bucky's itself, not at all, dude. You can get everything there. Biggest problem with Bucky's is that it's packed. And the biggest problem with Bucky's for me personally is that I'm bad with decisions at convenience stores. Mm. That's why 7-Eleven is perfect. There, you know, There's a few aisles that I can walk up and down and then, hmm, okay, here's what I want. I spend like 45 minutes at Bucky's every time I'm there. Like, I just, what do I want today? I got to walk. I got to take two laps. Shit, do I need this yard sign? No, I live in an apartment. I don't need a yard sign. Oh, I get that. Huh, do I order from one of those computers and get a hot item? Hmm? Or do I go to the snacks? Do I get the pre-made stuff? The barbecue set? Like, I can't I can't decide what I want. There's too much. Yeah, there's a surprising amount of tchotchke in Bucky's. Like, yeah. completely useless shit that you don't need. Do I need an iBeaver Texas thing? I don't know. Probably <laughs> not. Maybe. Do I need an I Love Beaver shirt? I feel like people already know that about me, but I don't know. Maybe more people need to know that about me. I, I don't know. I, I think I don't be across your chest at least once a week. So yes, you give me that shirt. Uh, just when I hit the town, that's uh, that's what I'm wearing. It's like the uh, the tuxedo shirt. That's what I wear instead. Now, obviously, a lot of your time is going to Texas Sports Unfiltered these days. Have you started making plays on? I don't know if you're going to Dirty Sixth or Rainy or East Sixth or West Sixth. Where are you hanging out when you're not working? Uh, the other rooms in my apartment. Yeah. Nah, you know, I've been like weekends, I've been able to go out and do stuff. So I've, I've pretty much had something every weekend, like an engage, I had an engagement party and a birthday party last weekend. So I went to those, uh, like either birthday parties or, you know, watch parties for the Texas Bama game. Like I haven't, I've been to a couple of bars. I went to, where did I go? Uh, mean eyed cat. I was for a birthday. Nice. And then went to like Golden Goose or something on Lamar. But I have not, since I got back to Austin like a month ago, this is going to stun people. I have not been to 6th Street, 36th, West 6th, East 6th. I have not been there. Like that's home. That's when it will really feel like I'm back in Austin when I make my way there. But yeah, my uh, my numbers of, of hitting that scene are, are not what they once were. I'm I guess in the swan song of my career right now. 
Yeah, that is disappointing. Perhaps the bye week for the Longhorns, which is the week after Texas OU. DJ, I can't tell if you're being serious or not. Eat those beaver nuggets. Are beaver nuggets a thing at Bucky's? Yeah, they are. Um, not my favorite, but one of their most popular items. They're like corn puff-like snacks. Kind yeah. of their version of those. Yeah, yeah, not, not the best thing they have. Little corn nuggets with brown caramel sugar coating. That's what the website says. Hard pass. As much of a health person as I am, and maybe because I'm a health person, corn disgusts me. Truth. Yeah, I mean, not a great band, but I wouldn't say they disgust me. Like, I, I'd rather see like a lot of other people than them, but uh, I'm okay with them, I guess. Though this is the case most, most days, BK, congratulations. You are my wife's favorite on today's show as well because you just mentioned one of her favorite bands. What? Your wife is a corn fan? Yes. On purpose? <laughs> I'm no longer the favorite, am I? Don't don't even get me started on that because <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with some corn songs, but I'm like, really? Deftones, corn? Yeah, that's the, the music that really strikes her ear holes the most. Ugh. Midwest. Come on, Midwest. What are we doing here? Mm. That All is right. a Midwest thing, isn't it? I guess. I don't know. I didn't know anybody really liked those guys, but congrats to Corn for having one fan. Appreciate yeah, that. That. Was, that was that screen, like talk to screamy era of rock music where you had like Limp Biscuit. Oh. Yeah. Don't, I, Limp Biscuit is the worst example that we will talk about today, but even the good stuff, my threshold for it is is still pretty low. Yep. Agreed on that deal. All right. We'll talk to David Smoke here in a little bit, hopefully. But we can start talking Texas Baylor right now. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna what does that mean? I'm going to share a screen. Manu Chinobi. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I'm not I don't have that bold spot yet. I think we're okay. Uh, we've got some analytics here from our friends at CFB Graphs. I say our friends like I know who these people are. I don't, but uh, they post these graphics for every college football game before every college football game. And here is their preview of Texas Baylor. And if you're listening on the app, we'll try to explain some of these numbers. We're not going to go down every single statistic slash analytic on this deal. But here's your game preview for Texas and Baylor. Their models give Texas an 84.5% chance to win. Their model says Texas is projected to win 32-17, to 17, so that's right around that Vegas 15 number, which you're seeing at the moment. But there are two things that really stand out to me here, Trey, one good and one not so good for Texas. The good is defensive success rate. Texas ranks first in the country and defensive success rate. This defense has played at an elite level through three weeks. It hasn't always been perfect, but come on. They've you know, 10 points against Rice, 10 points against Wyoming, 24 against Alabama. Uh, not too bad. And they've made big plays. They've made splash plays. They've gotten after the quarterback. They've forced turnovers. The defense has been great. So I don't know if I, I think Texas is the best defense in the country right now, but the fact that they are in that conversation and some analytics say that they are amongst the best defenses in college football, very good. I buy it. That's the good. The bad is offensive success rate. And success rate is defined by any play where the EPA is greater than zero. If you don't know what EPA is, that's expected points added, which is a measure that basically translates yards to points. 
So new age numbers, some of you might care, some of you might not care. The best number is that Texas is 3-0. We can all agree on that. But of the 133 teams ranked on this list, because there are 133 FBS teams in college football this year, Texas ranks 133rd in offensive success rate. So one analytic out there, Trey, says that the Longhorns have the worst or at least the least efficient offense in college football. What say you? I don't totally understand what's going on here. Just looking at EPA margin right now, it looks like they do a good job of gaining yardage and holding their opponents in check with regards to yardage gains, but they're not finishing drives off, I guess. Is yeah. how to look at that. It's interesting that they break it down by pass and rush too. I'm not sure. I guess that's based on yardage earned through the air or on the ground and whether that translates into a touchdown. It's an ugly looking stat right now. And we have complained that this offense hasn't done a good enough job of finishing drives off. Certainly in the rice game in a lesser degree to that Wyoming game, they just weren't getting anything going early on in the Wyoming game, unfortunately. And Wyoming had a drive that chewed much of the third quarter on Saturday, which Makes things looking even worse, obviously, especially when they're tied going into the fourth quarter. But Quinn Ewers and this Texas offense, they need to do a better job when they get the ball inside the 20 or 10 yard line of getting into the end zone. Sometimes it's as simple as a receiver catching a football. We've seen Xavier Worthy drop one. We've seen Jonathan Brooks drop how many at this point, too? Perhaps it's a next man up for a Keelan Robinson or somebody like that. I feel like they will catch the ball in those situations. Truly easy catches, mind you, that are pretty good soft tosses by Quinn that is that had hit Jonathan Brooks in the hand as he was going into the end zone. And maybe he's he's thinking about the uh, touchdown fortunes and it's causing him to get distracted. Whatever it is, it's time to give somebody else an opportunity there. But if there's a silver lining to these stats, BK, it's not just how good the Texas defense is, and we've talked about it. This Texas defense is why you as a Longhorn fan have to feel as good as you do about every matchup the rest of the way. It's that Baylor is not good offensively and not good defensively <laughs> by these metrics. Yeah, that's the other thing you can look at, right? I'm more focused on the Texas side, but if you look at the matchup and go to the other side of the page and see what Baylor's got going on, well, it's pretty easy to see why they're one and two. It's pretty easy to see why they lost to Texas State at home to open up the season. I mean, they are 89th in offensive success rate. They are 94th in defensive success rate. So they don't really have anything going super well for them at the moment. Obviously, playing without their starting quarterback isn't helping matters at all. And Dominic Richardson, one of their best running backs, might not play in this game on Saturday. Now, they still have a couple of other guys, including Richard Reese, uh, who we saw last year in the game in Austin, but, yeah, Dominic Richardson, the Oklahoma State transfer, who looked pretty good early on for Baylor, he's not expected to go for the Bears this weekend. So it's a banged-up offense that, even when healthy, has not been great. And their defense, I mean, they got punked by Texas State uh, a couple of weeks ago. They played a lot better against Utah, but it was, of course, Utah's backup quarterbacks in that game. Baylor clearly has some flaws. It's why they're 1-2, and two, and it's why Texas is a 15-point favorite on Saturday. Yeah, look, don't slip, uh, don't sleep on Dick Reese. He was good as a true freshman, and it's only a matter of time before he figures it out. Some of the other stats that I think are as telling as offensive success rate for this Texas offense right now, BK, if you look in the middle of that chart, it is percentage first 
on first and second downs, which I'm assuming has to do with yardage being gained on first or first and second downs. And then also the third and fourth down success too, which by the way, Texas was terrible on third downs, especially in the first half against Wyoming. 0 for 6 in the first half. They did have those two fourth down conversions, which probably makes that number look a little bit better versus if you were to just isolate the third downs right now. Like that is Mm -hmm. something that Sarkeesian needs to figure out fast. And I think it's as simple as something you and I have talked about this week, and that's his willingness to run the football a little bit earlier in drives and on sets of downs. That's like, that is wild. Texas is bad on first down and they're bad on third and fourth down. Like that's, that's a horrible combination right there, right? You want to be good at both, of course, but you really don't want to be bad at both. Like at least be good at one or the other and Texas is not. And this is not a chicken and the egg situation. They're bad on third and fourth down because they're facing longer third and fourth downs as a result of them sucking on the early downs. Dude, absolutely. Like, think about it, Trey. This, this team has played 12 quarters this season. I don't have I don't have a pin around. We'll hope that's right. I think you got it. They, they have played three good quarters of offensive football. Yeah, that, that's it. Like, that is it. If you want to argue against me, please do. I'd love to hear your argument. The third quarter against Rice, when they outscored Rice 21 to nothing, take control of that game. Three drives, three touchdowns. That was great. The fourth quarter against Alabama, where they scored 21 points and put that game on ice in Tuscaloosa. And the fourth quarter against Wyoming. The other quarters, it's, it's not been all bad. It's not like Texas was held scoreless in every other quarter this season. But... Every other quarter has had issues offensively, whether it's the drops you're talking about, the inability to run, the abandoning of the run, the whatever the hell it is. Texas has played three really strong quarters of offensive football this year. I'd argue the defense has played maybe 10 or 11 solid quarters of football this year. The offense, which was supposed to be the strength of this football team this year with 10 starters back from last year's group and a returning quarterback and all the talent on the outside and all five offensive linemen back. That was supposed to be the strength of this football team. They have played three good to great quarters this year. And these numbers kind of back it up. I mean, even when they are putting together decent drives, they're not punching the ball into the end zone. So, look, I wanted this offense to average 40 points per game. They've played their two easiest opponents, I think. Maybe not, actually. And their hardest opponent. At least that's what I thought was going to be the case going into the year. And they haven't cracked 40 points in any of those games. So the offense, it just hasn't been there. They're 3-0, most importantly. But you just, you wonder, Trey, if this defense just doesn't have a great day. They're going to give up 30-plus at some point. We don't want it to happen, but it's going to happen. Whatever. Every, Every unit has off days. If this defense has an off day and Texas has to win a shootout, can they do it? I don't know. The answer should be a resounding yes. But I just don't know if this offense for four quarters can do enough to where if they've got to go out there and score 40 to win a football game, they've got the ability to do it. The offense just needs to get its shit together in the first half. Like that's something that I don't want to see anymore is this offense completely shit the bed in the first half, forcing the defense to play lights out. And yeah, it's great that you've gotten it together at some point in the second half in each of those first three games. To your point, BK, At some juncture, I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's going to be Kansas here in a little bit more than a week or maybe Oklahoma the week after that, perhaps Kansas State, although I am increasingly less concerned about that game, especially with an injury that they suffered on defense last Saturday and that upset loss to Missouri. You're right. 
the defense is going to allow some early things. Heck, they did against Wyoming before they tightened up. But it may be more of a snowball effect, which is requiring the offense to keep pace. And perhaps it's one of those things where it wakes Quinn Ewers up if he is having a slow start. Or if you're Steve Sarkeesian, you can stop playing it to chance. And you can pay attention to what has worked over these last couple of games and also what the weakness of the opposition is. And for Baylor right now, their biggest weakness is stopping the run. So now is a perfect time for you to test that out and try something a little bit different versus this throw-first offense that we've seen for the better part of three games. Yeah, I mean, that should be the opening script for Saturday, right? More of an emphasis on the ground game. But I said it with Buck this morning. If the script ain't working, throw it out. Like I I can't deal with another, they did stuff we weren't expecting. (laughs) Guess what, coach? That's what good coaches do. Yeah. All right? And I don't know if Mike Bloomgren... Is that great of a coach at Rice? All right, Craig Bold. Hey, that guy's a good coach. Won a few national championships at North Dakota State, but there might be some better coaches you have to go up against in this league. Like they, they are going. They know they're not as talented as you, so they're going to try to do stuff to catch you off guard. You can't just be coming to. It's it's fun after a win, but after a loss, oh my god! Like it is going to infuriate me and infuriate other people, and hell, it might already be infuriating me just based on the inflection of my voice. Can't even control myself right now. You cannot go to a post game press conference after a loss and say they did a bunch of stuff that we weren't expecting, and, and and like that excuse a bad performance. Like that that has already made a lot of Texas fans mad. I've seen it on our text line. I've seen it on our YouTube comments. Buck has been ticked off by that. Some of us have been ticked off by that. Like after a win, that's like really you're saying that. But if that happens after a loss, dude. So if Baylor does load the box and they're like, shit, we know we suck against the run. We think Texas is going to try to stop the run, so we're going to switch up what we do. Sark can't be like, oh, let's run it 100 times into this. No, no, throw the script out. If they're doing something you didn't prepare for in your opening game plan, get rid of the opening game plan. Don't wait till halftime or the end of the third quarter when your boys have the fours up on the sideline before you decide to start making adjustments. Like, make make them quicker because... You might not get away with sleepwalking for two or three quarters against some of these teams in this league this year. I know it's a bad conference, but it's still risky to just think you can flip a switch like that. And even Sark himself said that on Monday. Yeah, something that needs to be a part of. Nope. Of course, right when I click it, somebody else weighs in. Thank you to everybody who is commenting on the YouTube's comment line, by the way. Something that does need to be a part of the script on Saturday, more so than it was against Wyoming is getting JT Sanders the ball. I realized that he had several targets in the game and there were a couple of misfires and some good coverage as well. Yeah, JT Sanders cannot have a goose egg coming out of Saturday. Texas can probably still win that game, but you need to make a more concerted effort to get JT Sanders involved this weekend. Agreed. Let's hear one from Sark. He, he spoke today. We'll have that for you tomorrow, but this is from Monday. Sark was asked about these slow starts and if he can kind of explain why Texas has been so sluggish out of the gates in some of these games. Some of it is we just haven't finished some drives. You know, we've had pretty good drives early in the games, um, and we've gotten ourselves into the red area, and we haven't we haven't finished those drives. You know, I mean, most notably, I mean, you think about the Alabama game. We, we were moving it. We just weren't, we weren't punching it in the end zone. And so finishing those drives, I think, is important. Um, you know, the other night, that, that second drive was a 90-yard drive. That It just took us a while. <laughs> I think that's the part that sometimes frustrates us, too, because we're so used to kind of 
getting yards in chunks and and punching it in that sometimes when you have to be a little bit more methodical, there's nothing wrong with that. We shouldn't feel disappointed going 90 yards and scoring a touchdown. But in the end, it's it's owning the openers and owning our game plan. And, um, you know, again, we have a veteran team that really tries to do what we ask of them to do on the offensive side of the ball. And, again, we've placed a lot of emphasis on finishing in the fourth quarter and making adjustments. I got to make sure we we don't we got to swing that pendulum back a little bit of owning these openers and and starting the way we're capable of starting. He sees it. I'm glad to hear him talking about it. Recognizing is the first step in making a change. Absolutely. All right. I think our guest is here, so we'll bring him on right now. We'll go to the unsponsored YouTube guest line that we have here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And bring on the great David Smoke, who works for 365 Sports and Sikkim 365 in Waco. Does a phenomenal job covering not only Baylor, but all college football in general. And we are lucky enough to get the chance to talk to David Smoke today. David, can you hear us? Yes? No? That's a no. Can you guys hear me? We, we yes, got I, can't, I cannot hear you. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm not able to hear you. Okay. Well, let's, let's see if we can get something figured out. Um, Trey, how's your sign language? (laughs) (laughs) My daughter tries. She actually is learning sign language. She knows the entire alphabet. Her mother and her will like spell things back and forth at dinner. And I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? But no, I don't know sign language. Unfortunately, let me try to see if he, can he look at the private chat that we have on the right side here? Uh, what should I say? Or yeah, you, I don't know. Type it what? in, see if he can. But the problem is he can't hear you to know to look at the private chat. Why? Why? Why don't you um, do some sponsorship reads? And I'm gonna <laughs> try and call him real quick. Okay. Not with my screen on. Very good. All right. We are uh, efforting Smokey to talk some Texas and Baylor. We'll see if Trey can find a way to get that done. But. As Trey said, let's give some love to some of our great sponsors here on the show. How about audiovisual consultations? Um, Our 5K giveaway is launched. You can find the link to that video in the description that has all of the information you need about how you can enter in to win some of our great prizes that we'll be giving to you people as a thank you for helping us reach 5,000 subs in just five weeks. But one of those prizes, and hell, the prize is a 75-inch 4K LG LED TV that will be given away thanks to our friends at Audio Visual Consultations. That's right. We're giving away a 75-inch, a brand new inbox 75-inch LG 4K TV. Thanks to AV Consultations for that. And hey, thanks to AV Consultations for giving me the uh, studio hookup I have at home. They can hook you up as well. Maybe you don't do this for a living. Okay. Well, if you want a badass place to watch football, in postseason baseball and basketball and hockey and whatever sport you like, you can get the home TV setup you've always dreamed of in your home thanks to audiovisual consultations. Just give them a call, 512-255-8678, or check them out online at abconsultations.com. Shout out to them for the giveaway prize. Shout out to them for just doing phenomenal work here in Central Texas for more than 30 years. And also shout out to Altstat Beer. Oh, man. Weekend is almost upon us. I'm excited for a number of different reasons. But this Saturday, plan on spending a lot of alone time with my couch 
drinking some old stad beer. My fridge is stocked with it for football season. Hopefully yours is as well. If it's not, go to the store, wherever you buy beer. H-E-B, Specs, Twin Liquors, Total Wine. They've got old stat beer. You've got the six packs. You've got the 15 packs as well. A bunch of different brews. Something for every beer drinker out there. Altstadt is liquid gold, man. I mean, seriously, this stuff is award-winning. It's not just some guy on YouTube or on an app telling you about Altstadt. Now, people who get paid to drink this beer for a living are telling you about the greatness of Altstadt beer. It's brewed in Fredericksburg, but easy to find all over the state of Texas. It's Altstadt beer. No impurities, no regrets. We'll give them some love. And also shout out to our friends at SyntexTickets.com. If you're looking for tickets to Texas Baylor, even though it's in Waco, They've got them for you online at SinTexTickets.com. Every game, every sport, plus concert tickets, Broadway show tickets, ACL Music Festival tickets. They've got it 100% guaranteed, 100% there for you online, SinTexTickets.com. Okay, I don't want to turn this into like a 3 a.m. infomercial to where I'm only talking about our great sponsors, even though I do love all of our great sponsors and we're grateful for them. I will give a quick shout out to Relax the Back because they're giving away a $200 pillow as a part of our 5,000 subscriber giveaway. So thanks to them for that. Definitely go check out one of their two Austin area stores. Relax the Back. It is good stuff. All right. So I'm mad at myself for doing what I'm about to do because I try to be a real journalist. I'm not but I try to be. And I think context is important, not just in this profession, but in any profession. And I have not heard or seen Steve Sarkeesian say this, but apparently in the Zoom press conference he did today, because he does one of those every Thursday during game week, he was asked about the wide receiver rotation. And I complained about this a couple of days ago, right? Like, why aren't we seeing more Jonte Cook? I know he had that drop, but I, I, I would like to see more of him. Why aren't we seeing more Isaiah Nayor? I mean, against Wyoming, his former team, like with all the hype surrounding that guy when he transferred to Texas, he can't, he can't play against Wyoming at all, and he barely gets on the field against Rice? Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, don't get me wrong. I love X. I love AD. I love Whittington. Those are the three best receivers Texas has. But, man, can we at least get some of those other guys on the field? Somebody asked Sark about that today, and here's the quote. I think ultimately, anytime you start rotating receivers, you have to ask yourself, is that what's in the best interest of our team to be successful in the moment? And so the moment I take Xavier Worthy off the field or A.D. Mitchell off the field or Jordan Whittington off the field, is that in the best interest? I would like to rotate guys more, end quote. So as Trey pops back on, no go with Smokey. Quality filibuster there, BK. Smokey is getting some assistance from Wags right now. Oh. He asked if I wanted Wags to talk to Smokey and try and walk him through his inability to hear us so I could keep you from having to continue going. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. I don't know that reference, but thank you very much. Uh, I do know because Harge has done this a couple of times. If we can't get this figured out, um, we, we can literally call Smokey and just put him on speakerphone and hold it up towards the mic. The quality obviously won't be as good, but Hart's has done it a couple of times and it's been audible. So if we have to resort to that, if Wags can't, uh, and Wags is a freaking guru at this, he keeps, uh, he's probably talking to you to look at your phone because I keep looking at my phone and he's not texting me. 
trying to be cool. I'm trying to fit oh. in. I'm hoping Wags will text me and he won't. It, it would help if I'm not giving Wags Wags own number. <laughs> oh, he asked for Smokey's number and, and you sent him his own number? Yep. Oh, oh I'm idiot. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Wags knows his own number. You know, he's getting kind of old, I guess. So let's uh let's make sure he knows his own cell number that he's probably had for like 15 years now. Good lord. Oh my god. All right. So I don't know if you heard the, the Sark uh quote that I just read. He was asked about the wide receiver rotation. I complained about that earlier, right? Like where, where's Jonte? Five star, where is he? Isaiah Nayor, thousand yard receiver at Wyoming. Like, why is he not on the field? Sark basically gave the double answer in his answer there, where he's like, I got to ask what's best for the team. And is it best for the team if I take Xavier Worthy or AD Mitchell or Jordan Whittington off the field? And then he also said, I would like to rotate guys more. So I don't even know what to make of that. And I don't know if anything's going to change. And I don't know if you're paying any attention to me either. Barely. I just gave, I just texted Smokey's number to Smokey, BK. What, what is wrong with you? I Are you not, having global transgender amnesia too? I am trying to figure out whether I'm a male or female and co-host a show and send phone numbers to one person or the other and ask Smokey if he can hear us just yet. And the answer to all of those things is I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Uh, you have found a way to uh, turn a yes or no question into a uh, a full essay answer, and yeah, that's uh, that's what's happening right now. Um, all right, so answer me this: if you've got your text figured out, do you want and do you think we will see more Jonte Cook and or Isaiah Nayor and or DeAndre Moore, any other receiver besides those top three? Do you want to see those guys more, and do you think we will see those guys more on Saturday, especially in a game where the receivers are not? on point with Quinn. Absolutely. I want to see a little bit more of those guys. Like we accurately called out Tom Herman several years ago when he was being ridiculous with his rotation, insisting on getting guys in every other series or every third series, whatever it was at that point in time, not even considering the game situation in the process. That's foolish. It's also foolish to continue jamming a square peg in a round hole at times, especially if there are dudes who have been turning heads, going back to camps in Naor's case, but in Jonte's case, doing an excellent job as a true freshman coming in and seeing a, a big increase in people's expectations for what he might be able to do this year. Absolutely, I want to see a few more guys out there getting opportunities, especially when Quinn and his guys, his first team, are not completely clicking. That's the easy part of the question. Now the hard part of the question, do you think we will? Like, I, I know you want to. I want to. I think most Texas fans would like to see a little bit more. Like, it'd be one thing if, you know, Worthy, not really Worthy, but, like, Jordan Whittington has a 20% drop rate right now. Like, he, yeah. he has not been great, which sucks because I love him, and he's done a lot for Texas, and we know what he's capable of, but he, like, he hasn't done enough to where he can't be taken off the field at any time for me. And like even A.D. Mitchell, as much as Adonai has been great for this team, like you, you can rotate guys in the first quarter and first halves of games. I want to see it too, but will we? That's that's the hard question. Do you think Sark changes his mind or he's going to say, hey, we're 3-0, and so we're going to keep rolling with this? Oh, see, I think that's the easy answer. I think it's an easy no. We mm -hmm. don't see an increased rotation. Mm, okay. Yeah, I mean, I... Like yeah, yeah, you're you're banking with uh, you're banking on recent history here, and I I can't criticize you for that. 
I've watched Steve Sarkeesian, and I know that his position coach is a big part of this too, so maybe a larger chunk of this falls on Chris Jackson that does Sark, but Sark is the head coach. And while you want to give your assistants carte blanche for the most part with regards to the rotation they establish, you can also say into that headset, hey, I want to try and design something for this guy, and he needs to adhere to that too. So sometimes... Being a good leader is letting guys make their own decisions, but sometimes it is having that overriding feeling that says, you know what, we've tried it this way for a while and it's not working. Let's put this dude in and see if he can maybe provide a bit of a spark. Yeah. I mean, Jontae Cook, two catches for 26 yards. Isaiah Nayor, one catch for 14 yards. Like, I, I figured they'd have those numbers by halftime of the first game against Rice. Those are the numbers through three full games for uh, for this Texas team. So, uh, disappointing, disappointing. And, and once again, if the passing offense was better than it had been, then okay, no big deal, whatever. Dance with who brung you as the great Daryl K. Royal would say. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's been inconsistencies, not just with the passing offense. I know Rio says the run game has been an issue too. Yes. It's all been inconsistent. It's why Texas in one analytical measure has the least efficient offense in college football. Like none of it has been as good as it needs to be for Texas to make the playoff and compete for a national championship. But there are certain things that you feel like you can try to mess with easily that I think could create a spark. And to me, this is one of them. I've got a great play that you can run with John Tay. If and when you choose to give him that opportunity when the game is more on the line, it's the play that you threw to Xavier worthy that gave the Longhorns the lead for good on Saturday in the fourth quarter, let him do something simple like that and use that exceptional athleticism and speed to see if he can make something of it. Because there's a good chance that he does. He may not take it to the house like Xavier did, but if you get good blocking on the outside, like what Xavier got on that play, Jontae Cook's probably going to be able to pick up at least a first down for you. And you allow him that first rep to get him even more comfortable for the next game situation. All right. Did you see Wags' private chat? I think he's telling you to call... Smokey, although Wags might be on the phone with Smokey right now, so I don't know how that would work out. He has a radcaster. Uh, I don't know if it is all that rad right now. <laughs> radcaster, what is he talking about? His rod? What is he trying to say there? I hope I hope Smokey didn't hear that. Like that was the first <laughs> thing he hears when he uh, is trying to jump on our show. As he hears us talking about, oh man, all right. Well, let's give some love to Covert Bee Cave yeah. while we have a moment. Shout out to our friends at Covert Bee Cave. No luncheon tomorrow. A couple of y'all have asked about the uh, Friday pregame luncheon that we do out at Covert Bee Cave, and we will not have one tomorrow because, well, the Longhorns play a road game on Saturday. So the Fridays before home games, which includes next Friday, the day before the KU game, we will be out at Covert Bee Cave giving y'all free lunch and letting y'all hear from a legendary lifetime Longhorn to this point. We've had Michael Griffin, and we've had Casey Studdard. We'll have another great guest. We might, I can't say the name just yet. Sorry, Destiny's Child, but we might have a big time, big time name. Not to say that Griffin Studdard aren't big names, but this one might be pretty special next Friday. So we'll let you know as soon as we get it confirmed. But uh, shout out to Cobra BK. If you don't have to wait till next Friday to go out there, if you're looking for a new or pre-owned car, truck, or SUV, Go see our friends at Covert 
Bee Cave. They've got something for everybody. 42 acres in the beautiful central Texas hill country right out there in Bee Cave. They've got three new state-of-the-art dealerships carrying seven brands. You need those caddies, those Escalades. Oh, man, that might be my new dream car. They've got them for you out there. The Ram trucks, the Jeeps, the Dodge, the Buick, they've got it all. Plus, Covert also has Ford and Chevy in Hutto and Ford and Lincoln in Austin. The Covert Auto Group, they've been around since 1909. They know what they're doing. And you don't last that long in any business unless, number one, you know what you're doing. Number two, you take care of people. You're always going to get first-class service from the team at Covert Bee Cave. They've become good friends. Like, seriously, Dan Covert, great dude. Love that guy. We talk on the phone a couple of times a week. Stacy, she's the best. Love her, too. Mike, the GM out there, the whole squad, great people. They'll give you the best car buying experience that you can possibly get. Just go see them at Covert Bee Cave or check them out online at covertbeecave.com. Trey, any updates? We'll see if Smokey is going to click the link on his iPhone Ooh. and do the interview that way. So we're going headphoneless Joe Jackson here? Possibly. Okay. Let's see. He's got his phone up to his ear now, which people <laughs> can't see if they're not in our StreamYard studios. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, Smokey's a trooper, man. He's they've got such a nice setup with what they do in Waco. Like they've got like a legit actual studio to where they're not doing these webcam calls, which maybe at some point we'll we'll build ourselves out. Covert B Cave has given us a studio, but we might build ourselves our own studio, <laughs> kind of like what they've got. Uh so he's not familiar with the uh the stream yard bit that you and I and the whole Texas Sports Unfiltered team does every day. It seems Pretty simple, but if you don't use it, then it's not. Uh, what do we do? Do we do we just tell Smokey uh, maybe next time? I feel bad. I'm just fascinated to keep watching him trying to figure it out in this small screen. We should almost just bring him <laughs> on just to have that as a, a third I screen. I like the guy too much, man. This guy's helped us as we've started TSU. He's a good dude. I don't want to put him on blast like that. Oh, Smokey truly is the best. Some people you say that about and not everybody means it. Smokey is freaking awesome. And he is an inspiration and in, in what we're doing right now, too. And now's the perfect time to talk to him because we're playing Baylor this week. I know. I know. It's like, do we try tomorrow? Now I'm getting a call from a Raleigh number. There's no way this is Smokey, right? I think I have Smokey's number saved, so it can't be him. What's going on? Is that Bucky? Is Bucky in North Carolina again? What's going on here? Who's the NC State coach now? Is it Dave Doran? Yeah, good, good pull. Maybe Dave Doran giving you a call? Let's put it on speaker and see who it is. No. Oh, okay, I answered and I hung up. That person's not going to be happy. Um, will certainly spam. Yeah, yeah, usually it is. All right, well, we go where are we at? And then if we need to pivot, we pivot back to Smokey. Yes. Okay. Um, we've got one of these recorded spots from our friends at Pest Wranglers. Do you want to fire? I've not listened to this, actually. I literally just uploaded it into StreamYard, and hopefully it sounds good. Do you want to try this today? Let's do it while also letting people know that Where Are We At in Society is brought to you by our friends at Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not 
like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember pest wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest wranglers, pest wranglers, pest wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest wranglers, 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Oh, man. Pest wranglers, pest wranglers, pest wranglers. It's going to be stuck in my head all day. Those guys know what they're doing. As somebody who has a pretty dry delivery himself, I appreciate the shit out of Steve's delivery. Oh, man. That's fantastic. All right, Coach Gundy. Where are we at in society today? That's right. It is our daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction, BK. Now, sometimes I will bring you that positive story, something that provides more of a sense of optimism. It has us all saying to ourselves, maybe we as a people aren't completely fucking things up. Maybe we are going to figure something out. But today is definitely not that day. I can pretty much guarantee this going forward on Midday with Trey and BK. Anytime there is a story that pops up that has to do with humans thinking of themselves as other creatures and dressing as such, you and I, especially if it's football offseason, may drop everything to talk about this. Hmm. Yep. And are you referencing our friend Toko by chance? No, I'm not. <laughs> Please show people who you mean by Toko. And amazingly, this is not involving Toko. This is our buddy Toko. <laughs> the guy who spent $14,000 to buy that hyper-realistic dog costume. And he dresses up as that dog every time he goes out in public. That's Toko right there. Incredible. I want to try and get Toko on our show. I don't know if he speaks English, even if he doesn't. Just having him acting like that, calling. He doesn't speak. He's a dog. What do you mean? Does he speak English? Do your dog speak English? I think he's trying to say something there after he falls down, before he gives the wave, like the mouth is moving. Let's take a look again. He could be barking. Hey, hey, guys. I'm stuck in this dog. God. Help me out. Get me out of here. I want to be a human again. Oh, my gosh. Well, no, this doesn't have to do with Toko, BK. This is a completely group of people to each their own. Glad you found something that makes you happy. But you people are all lunatics here. A pack of dog identifying humans has prompted calls for animal control after footage of their Berlin meetup went viral. An estimated 1,000 people, and BK told me this a little bit earlier, we actually have video of this, 1,000 people who prefer to be recognized as not humans but canines organized a gathering at the Berlin Potsdamer Platz railroad station <laughs> in Germany, uh. communicating only by howling or barking at one another. Can you please play the video? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, come on, man. God. What has Toko started? Not all of those thousand people were being serious, right? Some people were just playing along at the stupidity. I hope so, man. I mean, there were a lot of masks. There were a lot of collars. There were a lot of tags. There were a lot of leashes. It looked real to me, damn it. I mean, I'm playing this one more time. And if you're listening on the app, sorry, but also you're welcome. Simply incredible. Oh, they sound I mean, like look, a bunch there, of are, there are people wearing dog masks. Yeah, most of them. Uh, How many of those people on, do you think were on leash to be walked through this railroad station? Yeah, a lot of them were on all fours, too. Um, how many were on leashes? How many had owners or governors? Sorry, Adam Silver. Uh, half? Jeez. Yeah. So some of them could have been strays. They just, you know, stumbled up there on their own accord. They could have been those homeless dogs and they just, you know, ran to their spot and that's that's where they were. If you identify as a dog, does that mean that you are attracted to other dogs? Are you attracted to human dogs? Humans who think that they're dogs? How does you're, that work? You're attracted to sniffing buttholes, I think. <laughs> It's a dog bit, right? That's how they like greet each other. Yeah, I oh, mean, they sniff each other's asses for sure. Good dog bit is urinating outside. I think I've admitted this. Like I, you know, in an effort to save water, save money, and save the turtles, I'll go outside from time to time to take a leak. So the dogs are on one with the uh, with the outside urination. There. I don't know if your urine is helping the turtles out at all. Ah, I'm not uh, flushing the toilet, though. Doesn't that help? Now they have more water they could drink through the toilet bowl. Hmm. I don't know if I that have that. End up in the toilet bowl. I don't know if I'm reading those tweets right. I'm not sure I'm getting the message of the Save the Turtle movement. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Like, what, what are they attracted to? Like, like, there is some line where you have to admit, if you're somebody who identifies as a dog, oh, shit, I'm actually a human here. I can't go all the way here. It could be the the pissing outside thing or calling on your urine anytime you're trying to mark a spot or sexual or how you eat your food, by the way, or the type of food that you're actually eating. Mm. I mean, how committed are most of these thousand people? Are you so committed that you're willing to eat nothing but kibble going forward and maybe some table scraps, depending on how good slash bad your owner is no i don't even think the overlord toko is doing that type of stuff like i just it's it's a public deal and maybe it's a behind closed doors deal but like these these people have jobs right i don't like, know they have uh, to be human like maybe some of them do only fan stuff and and like make money off of this and this is their living but like they, they take showers they eat human food some of them have to work right you tell me because you're a small business owner right now, but if I was the owner of a company or the manager operator of a company and found out that one of my employees will conduct 
him or herself like a dog, walking around on all fours, getting going to doggy meetups at railroad yards, probably looking for a good reason to let that person go. Like if you were to find out, I don't know, after we're done with the show here in like three minutes, that's, ooh, who should I pick here? Don't say it. Chip Brown is like prancing around like a poodle when he's not doing investigative reporting for... What, Chip's going to come on the show today here in three minutes dressed up like a dog? Then I'm firing him. He's not allowed on the show. I honestly picked the least likely guy to get busted doing this. Like my initial thought was either Rodney or Wags, but I'm like, I'm going to zag here. Couldn't hmm. go with, couldn't go after Bucky for this one. Bucky thinks he's a woman. He doesn't think he's a dog. I could have gone for myself, but I already know how quickly you would let me go, given a good reason. Yeah. to find out that Chip likes, likes prancing around like a, I don't know, pick a dog, a bull mastiff, a poodle, a lab. Oh, dude, I owe my career to Chip Brown, but not only would I fire him, I would take a bunch of cocaine and plant it in his car so he'd get arrested because I wouldn't want him out in public. And that's how I feel about all of these people. They should be in jail. They did like, this isn't Germany, so I guess the First Amendment does not apply there, but I, I'm, I'm questioning the First Amendment if this stuff is going on. We might be giving people too many freedoms here. Yeah, I mean, look, people are are definitely testing it with this one. Because oh, it gets back to the point of like, let let people be their real selves. But when it starts to infringe on the rights and abilities of others, then it's like, well, a line needs to be drawn. <laughs> I don't know how many Germans wanted to go to this train station. But if I was a German trying to go to this sta train station and I saw this scene, I would, well, I'd probably be pulling my camera phone out and taking some video, but I would also be keeping a great distance here. Animal control, get them out there. And hey, they want to be dogs. Feels like a few of them need to get neutered or spayed. That's right. Those are the rules. If you're trying to dive into this bit, Paul's first. You've got to do this. Come on. Everything that goes into being a dog. That's what you have to do. Yep. Every time you take a, a pill or some medicine going forward, it has to be surrounded by peanut butter. Shit, I actually kind of want to try that. Maybe, maybe the maybe the dogs are right on that too. <laughs> like a little cheese, a little piece of cheese wrapped up around an Advil. Hold on now. Well, it looks like we're finally starting to unlock your true person, BK. <laughs> I can't fire myself. Hold on here. <laughs> How does that work? Oh my god, Germany, man. We we've never seen eye to eye. Shouldn't say we. Me and them. I've never seen eye to eye, and uh, that that did not change with uh, today's Where Are We At in Society story. My goodness. Can we please play the Toko video one more time? Oh, of course. Of course. We can play this every day if we want. It's, <laughs> it's just <laughs> down he goes. <laughs> never seen an actual dog do that with the falling over like cow tipping. Oh, especially with the lifting the head up afterwards, like it's saying something to you. Normally, it'll just start moving its paw around. Right. Yeah, I don't. It's a very, uh, very nice, polite wave that we get from Toko at the very end of that cut there. But also just this guy, dude, forget the Kardashians. You talk about influencers. Look at what this guy has been able to pull off. There are thousands of us. Thousands. Just about all of us are going pro in something other than sports.
Now you're, you're doing the inter- NCAA commercial there. Was that, was that? That was off on that. All right, we're out of time. Oh man, what a way to segue into Chip and Zay. I know they love following this segment every single day. My God, well, gentlemen. That's... Sorry, guys. <laughs> How are y'all today? Hey, always an adventure, baby. Always an adventure. Always, always. What's uh, what's coming up from one to three, man? I heard Mosley on with you guys. Y'all crushed it yesterday. What y'all got today? Oh, man, we got Lance Taylor at 130, our SEC insider and prognosticator. We got Glenn Stretch Smith talking Cowboys at 215. Beautiful. We got, we, we got Steve Sarkeesian recap of his media avail. We got nice. stuff. Beautiful. Well, we got to go then to let y'all get started. Y'all have a Yo, great show. Before y'all go, before yeah. I met my wife, a lot of women that used to mess around with your boy, they'd probably say I acted like a dog, like who y'all were talking about. Woo! A lot of time too, man. Hey, you know, don't look into that too deep. Don't look into There's a dog in all of us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying y'all leashes for your next birthday. <laughs> 